bad sex is a symptom <laughs> what is it a symptom of you might be asking um that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of good christian girl So if you listen to the last episode that I did with Miss Lenore, uh, there was something that she said about understanding that she wanted to change things came from recognizing that she was having some really bad sex. And I wrote this as a note, bad sex is a symptom. So from my health and wellness coaching days, I used to teach my clients, I still teach my clients that symptoms are your friend. Symptoms tell you that there is something wrong. They point you in the direction of a cause. And really, only the, the biggest problem with the way that we handle health is that we are focused on relieving symptoms instead of looking for that cause. And so oftentimes when women would come to me and talk to me about what they're experiencing, um, I would ask them, you know, I was going to say my favorite question, but the most obvious question is why? Why is this happening? And very, very, very seldom, if ever, I don't even know if ever, they had an answer. And even if they spoke with their doctor or healthcare professionals, usually their doctor did not have an answer. But the issue for me is how can you fix it if you don't know what the cause is all you can do is try or pretend or kind of slap something together that is going to be temporary relief at best Um, the best plans when it comes to healing um, and getting better is being able to address the symptoms uh, relieve them while you're addressing the causes Uh, Causes usually take a little bit more time. They take a little bit more digging and attention and change, actual, real change. And so until you reach that point, uh, relieving symptoms is a great idea. But if all you're doing is relieving symptoms and you're never getting to the actual problem, you are wasting time, money, and honestly, you're more likely to get worse. So (laughs) I think it has to be the same for sex, Um, that bad sex is simply a symptom and figuring out what it is a symptom of is the most important work that you are going to do to improving your sex life. Um, But that takes some time, some digging, some attention. And during that time, definitely address uh, the symptoms and make your sex better. So this particular podcast right now today (laughs) while you're listening we're gonna talk about what bad sex is (laughs) um how you could recognize bad sex and we're gonna talk about what the symptom is telling you so i took a minute to google um bad sex (laughs) and see what is said about it. I think the first article that came up was Cosmo. And the interesting thing about this Cosmo um, article was there is a lot of things that I didn't have in a sexual relationship, but the sex was horrible. And there is a lot of things on that list that I have experienced in a sexual relationship, but the sex was amazing. And so 
I was just kind of like, take this with a grain of salt if you do find one of these. But I did find in Bustle uh, an article of seven signs that you're a bad in bed. And I honestly think that this is like a better gauge of understanding if you're having bad sex or not. Like, why are we talking about this? Like, the light bulb moment that I have is you may not know that you're having bad sex, if, especially if you haven't been very, um, like you haven't had a lot of experience or you haven't had a lot of experience with a lot of different people or, um, the, the lessons that you were taught about sex were very myoptic. You may not understand what good sex is supposed to feel like or is supposed to feel like after. So they had seven signs. I threw in a new one and I'm just going to run through them and then we're going to get to exactly what this is showing you. So number one was your enjoyment is your only priority. And this definitely goes both ways. If you are focused on your own enjoyment or the other person is focused on their enjoyment, um, that definitely can be a huge issue when it comes to sexual relationships. Part of it is because you are less present and when you're less present, it's easy to like, I I was going to say it's easy to hurt another person. It's easy just to not notice the energy in the room shift. It's easy for you to not pay attention to if something is enjoyable to another person or not. And that can be really dangerous. Um, that can be hurtful to your partner and it can seem very, very selfish. Bad idea. Sign number two is you're racing to finish. So you kind of just want it to be over with, or you feel like the other person just wants it to be over with. And you are literally just hoping it ends soon. Um, a sign that you're not having really enjoyable sex is you wishing it was over you thinking that you'd rather be eating or sleeping or watching something like not being invested in that time with that person is definitely a huge sign that you're having very bad sex and it's not enjoyable and um I mean we could put a rating on it like the more boring the thing that you would rather be doing is, like the worse the sex is. Let's just say that. Um, but really, if you're in a moment and it's really intimate and it's great and amazing, like that is the favorite thing that you want to do. And you don't want to be anywhere else or with anybody else. Like you just are thinking about that. You are present, you are in your body, you are enjoying yourself and there is nothing else at that moment that you wish that you were doing if you know there's a time that you're like super busy at work and you're distracted sure once in a while but if every single time you're thinking about something else that is definitely a sign that the sex is not good number three you were too orgasm focused um so sign number three is you are too orgasm focused and uh, Lenore and I spoke about this a little bit like the idea that sex is about pleasure and for myself how big of a shift that was that it is literally just pleasure not about having an orgasm not about climaxing not about getting to the like this finish end or winning 
It is literally having every moment, feeling everything and enjoying it to the fullest. And when you are too orgasm focused, or I would say climax focused, because I think that for when people think about orgasm, they're actually thinking about a climactic orgasm. They're not thinking about waves of orgasm. They're not thinking about orgasming from different areas. They're just thinking about this one last push of just like pleasure um, before you like roll over and you're finished. And let's be honest, the majority of us think these ways because we've seen them in movies growing up. If we never saw them in movies growing up, we would not be thinking that that is what is sex supposed to look like. Number four, you are not asking for what you want. Um, this is definitely something that I have a hard time with. Um, asking for what I want, feeling really guilty about wanting something, um, feeling like I'm supposed to be there for the other person and learning um, to ask to try different things. Um, but it's really important. Like you are probably having bad sex if you don't feel comfortable asking or having a conversation about what you like and what you don't like, what you want to do next, what you don't want to do next, giving direction, um, or just bringing up an idea and and seeing how the other person takes it, if they'd be interested in it. Um, the reason why is if you're not really asking for your desires, nobody can read your mind. And so it's not likely that the person that you're with is going to know exactly what you need to feel amazing. This is another idea that I've seen in so many rom-coms where you're with this person and you know that it's meant to be because they know all the ways to satisfy you. It is not likely that you are going to meet a person in the first time you're together. They are going to do everything that makes you happy. Um, Love is about teaching another person how to treat you. It is about learning. um, I was going to say everything about another person, but it is, is learning who they are and continuing to learn who they are and enjoy each other. Expect that you are going to change and grow and be different and Even if that first time was amazing, it may change over time. So if you don't feel comfortable asking for what you want, having a conversation, the sex that you have is probably going to be lacking because nobody can read your mind. Number five, uh, your partner shuts down afterwards or you shut down afterwards. Um, This shutdown, there are so many reasons that could be happening. But either way, the lack of communication, the lack of um, intimacy or the ability to like open up and be honest about what's happening is definitely a sign that there is something not going right. Um, And one of the reasons that I recognize that could be happening is trauma um, and stress. Stress in which you have felt like you needed to freeze, where the reaction to a stressful event of freezing is stress that is trauma-based. Like It literally is a traumatic experience for your body and for your mind. And if it was in a sexual context, it is completely normal that when you're in another sexual context that your 
brain and your body is going to kind of fall back into either a flashback or a reaction or try to protect you and view the situation as a threat. Um, that can often look as shutting down. It can look like a repetition of freeze. It can look, uh, it can look like you not speaking or not looking at a person. Um, it can look like shame or fear. Um, it could look like a lot of different things, but if you are not present necessarily after sex, um, it could be because the sex is really bad, but it, it could be that you are experiencing some kind of trauma and if the partner that you're with is not recognizing that or is not present for that or is not giving you aftercare, I would consider that bad sex. Um, and if, let me explain aftercare just in case you don't know. Aftercare is a, um, <sighs> aftercare is what people do after BDSM um, experiences. It is the intimate moments that you have to kind of bring a person back to grounding, um, especially if what has happened in a session with a person is um, <laughs> intense. Let's just use that word. Um, yeah, you don't just like, like, and again, this is, this is going to come up later as well, but what we see on television is so different than what's actually happening. Like you don't just slap somebody when you're having sex and then just walk out the room after you're finished and never talk to them again. Right. Like aftercare is what you do where you sit with a person and you talk with them and you hold them and you eat together or you like whatever that person needs to feel like loved and cared for. And like what happened was something that they wanted to experience and isn't something negative that's happening to them. Um, so if after you are experiencing sex with a person, you're shut down or they're shut down and there is no intimate connection or cuddling or whatever it is that you need to feel like safe and loved and cared for, I would consider that bad sex. I don't wonder if that's a really surprising thing for people because I know like even being in relationships and for my most of my life, um, that wasn't always something that happened. Um, and I think it's really this year that I'm recognizing like it has to do with the person, the maturity of the person, the experience of that person. But definitely, if you're with somebody who doesn't know that, it's important that you ask for that, that you say, hey, after we finish, I'd like to cuddle or I like to have some coffee or I like to go to sleep in your arms or I don't know why I said coffee. Like I should have said sandwiches because if anything, I'm going to want to have a sandwich like or like I want to take a shower together or like I want to like put on some socks and watch um, a TV show, like whatever it is that you like to do that makes you feel connected and loved and happy, tell your person, right? Don't just shut down. Don't just let them walk away. Don't just let them shut down. Um, be present with each other. Number six, um, there is awkwardness. Now I would consider myself an awkward and weird person and, um, I'm just super lucky to find 
um, people who enjoy my type of corniness and awkwardness and weirdness. Um, I definitely encourage you to find people who enjoy you exactly how you are. But if there's some kind of weirdness after, um, I mean, again, at the beginning, that's kind of normal. You don't know a person. You might not know how to articulate um, well. Um, you might not know if you should tell them that you like them or you might, you know, like you might get weird and awkward. I get weird and awkward. Um, I recognize though that what I am actually getting is vulnerable and my fear of vulnerability makes me super weird and awkward. Um, but the more comfortable I am being vulnerable, the less awkward I am. And I definitely recognize that sex is a very vulnerable act and you you really want to be comfortable in that space with that person and so if your awkwardness is coming from a place of actually not feeling safe or comfortable with a person that's probably really bad sex uh even if it felt really great like it's probably not actually healthy for your mind and um you should either work through whatever issues are keeping you from being vulnerable or not be with a person where you don't feel safe being vulnerable number seven you're not talking about it, not talking about sex, especially not talking about sexual health is terrifying to me. One of the um, signs in the article from Cosmo actually talked about them not wanting to wear a condom with you and them trying to pressure you into not wearing a condom is one of the signs that you're having bad sex. And I think it's a sign that you're having unsafe sex and not unsafe just in the health wise way, but unsafe in a mental and emotional way if you're with somebody who's pressuring you to do something that you already know is a boundary for you or makes you feel super uncomfortable that is a problem um violating boundaries is hands down bad sex even if it feels really great if a person cannot respect the boundaries that you are expressing to them you should just in institute whatever consequences you have for that and if that consequence is no longer talking to that person then you should no longer talk to that person because not talking about sex how you feel about it and especially your sexual health with a person to me is a no-go like you should not be with a person that you cannot talk about what you're going to do to be safe and if they are not mature enough to have that conversation um, and this is literally one of the like most important sexual health tips that I learned as a teenager. If they are not mature enough to have a conversation with you about your sexual health, they are not mature enough to have sex with you, period. If you are not ready to have that conversation, you may not be ready for sex. And this is not based on age. You could be at any age and not be comfortable having these conversations work on that first work on you first take your time feel better all you are saving yourself from is bad sex you are literally saving yourself from bad sex so do not be ashamed if you're like you get really nervous or you're not sure you don't know what safe sex is ask those questions um i actually sent um ask goody um at her instagram um a question about safe sex because she talks so much about it. She's a great sexual educator. And I wanted to make sure that I was being as safe as I could be. And that my, my, 
<laughs> the things I wanted to do to be safe were the best things to do and not just some weird shame um, from growing up Christian, right? And so having a conversation with her, investing in yourself to talk to a sexual health educator and ask them, what does safe look like? What are my options in this area? What are my options in that area? Um, is super, super important. Um, I remember uh, meeting this guy who said that it took him years to find out that he was actually allergic to latex. And, you know, it's important that we are learning about ourselves enough so that we can protect ourselves and we can protect those around us, um, that we can stay safe. If you are not comfortable talking about it, you are having bad sex, (laughs) okay? Even if it feels great, it is not safe or healthy. Um, And that is one of the most important things. Last but not least is number eight. And I threw in number eight because I have these conversations, especially with men. And as soon as I hear them talking about sex, I am very clear of one thing. They believe that sex is what they see in porn. Porn is theater. Okay, people? Like, it is theater. It is like watching a movie. It is suspended disbelief. It is mostly untrue. And the only reason that I believe that it's mostly true sometimes is because we're trying to do what we see there. Man, all the things that I hear about women, what they like, that men think, comes from porn. I've I've had men tell me that women just really like really big dicks, which is not true. When I speak to women, they don't, the majority of them do not like big dicks. Um, they might like to see them every once in a while, but they don't necessarily want them inside of them. Um, that women like sex to last super, super long. Um, I'll tell you right now, I think that is craziness. Um, and everybody is so different, but I do not need it to last an hour. That's a lot. I put a lot of energy into it. Um, no, no, not necessary. Not necessary. So everybody's different there. If you like three hours, great. If you like three minutes, great. It's what you like and being open to have that conversation with your partner. But do not assume that you are doing something wrong because you don't fit a stereotype that people believe from watching theater. Okay. Sex is not porn. Um, And what you're doing at your house does not have to look like, feel like, sound like what you are watching in porn. And when people take one and try to apply it to real life, um, most of the time it's bad. Okay. Most of the time it's really bad because it is, it is so problematic. Um, and that goes for both people that goes for anybody because whoever in the porn that you are taking your cues from, um, is not you. It's not you. And so unlearning these things are super important. Um, one of my like mind blowing stories is listening to, um, come as you are. Um, and her talking about this experience she had coming from this understanding of what sex was supposed to be like from porn. And the fact that she would have these dreams of, um, 
her partner hurting her. And in these dreams, she would start laughing. And it got to the point where she thought she enjoyed being hurt. You can become accustomed to, you can be comfortable with, you can even convince yourself that you like something that you do not actually like. And do this because you believe that that is the right way. And if you don't fit it, that there is something wrong with you or you're broken. And that is a problem when you're putting somebody else's ideas of what you're supposed to be on yourself. But that is an even bigger problem when what it is you're expecting of yourself is coming from an idea that is completely fictional. You do not have to, nor should you, be using other people as a guide to determine what you like. Especially, I would say, just take some time to think about what do I enjoy? Do I even know what I enjoy? Have I even had good sex ever? And it could be the case that all the sex that you've had have been bad sex. That doesn't make the person bad. That doesn't make your relationship bad. That doesn't make you bad. It literally means that the experiences that you've been having are not their best. That's okay. You still have time to have better experiences. (laughs) You really do. Like you can still have better, great, phenomenal, earth shattering sex. Um, but you definitely have to focus on the causes. So let's start talking about that now. So I will say that I believe the reason that you are having bad sex, the cause underneath the symptom is that you have bad beliefs about sex, about yourself or about your partner. There is some idea about sex that you have in your mind that is creating bad thoughts, bad actions, bad feelings. Like there is some reason that you are acting the way that you are acting and it comes from a misunderstanding, misconception. It comes from some kind of belief that you hold that is not true, is not positive, and is not going to give you what it is that you need. Now, I wrote down a list that came to my mind, but realistically, you need to figure out what it is that you believe about sex yourself or your partner that is negatively affecting your experience. And it could be anything, but over your years of living on this planet, think like, Where did you get your ideas about sex? What are your ideas about sex? What is it that you think about after you have sex? When you think about sex, when you think about what sex is supposed to be, what comes to mind for you? What is there and where did that come from? Is it accurate? Is it positive? Does it make you feel empowered? Does it make you feel ashamed? Because whatever these beliefs are, they are the reason they are the why your actions and your thoughts and your feelings are the way they are. And if you do not address them, if you do not um, change them, if you do not um, correct them, uh, you're not going to change. You can do different things. You can use a vibrator. You can you know, do more aftercare. You can, I mean, you can change things and address the symptoms but they will continue to show up 
these causes, these beliefs in different areas. So I wrote down a list for myself, as I said, I think this would be a good time to pause if you have a minute right now and just sit with it and start to write down some ideas that you have about sex, some beliefs that you've learned um, either by somebody expressingly teaching them to you or just by osmosis from our sex negative, from our sex negative hypersexualized culture here in the West. Um, what is it that you really believe about sex? So some of the ones that I was thinking of is sex makes everything better. Um, even unsafe or abusive relationships. I recognize that um, a lot of the times, especially I think so many of my ideas about sex came from television that um, just like sometimes we believe that having a baby in a relationship can fix a relationship, having sex can like, like end a fight, right? Or like end an argument or when we don't want to talk about the real issues we just have sex because, you know, it's a way for us to connect and feel intimate without actually having to hurt each other's feelings by telling each other what the problems really are. Um, sex is about climax. We talked about this, like in the signs that you're having bad sex. Um, sex is about pleasure. Sex is about pleasure. You do not have to climax to experience pleasure. You do not need to climax to experience pleasure. You do not need to climax to experience pleasure. <clears throat> uh, sex is for procreation only. Um, yeah, this is definitely something I got from being a Christian that if you're not having children, why get married? Why have sex? Like sex is about pleasure. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm going to say this all the time for now and hopefully we will all get it. Sex is about pleasure. Sex is about pleasure. Um, it is not just about procreation. You may not procreate and still have sex and it can still be enjoyable. But if you really feel like sex is about procreation, especially when you're trying to procreate and have a baby, sex can actually get really bad. Um, so remember, sex is about pleasure. Um, sex is shameful and it's something to be ashamed of. That idea, I think, has ruined a lot of really what would have been really great experiences and some of the experiences that were actually really enjoyable. But after I felt so guilty about them, that it colored all of my experience that I was having. Um, that belief is huge. Actually, um, this May, um, cause May is masturbation month. I started to look up like the things that I heard about masturbation growing up. Are these things true? Um, should I be worried that I will go blind, <laughs> more blind? Um, which I honestly think me wearing glasses has to do with when I was younger, um, just not looking far away and just having things really close to my face. And when my eyes started to change a little bit, instead of being encouraged to strengthen my eyes, having glasses, like getting glasses, which just made them weaker and weaker over time. There is a book that teaches you how to restore your eyesight. This is so left field, but to me, it's kind of the same idea. Like we, I heard this when I was younger and I felt guilty about it. And so my thoughts were like, because <laughs> like when I touch myself, it feels good. I'm losing my eyesight. 
You know what I mean? Instead of just being like, this is not that, this is completely different and I can deal with this somewhere else, carrying that shame about it is definitely something that as a young kid is like way too much. Like when I think back to it, like, wow, just wow. So feeling shame, feeling ashamed about what you're doing is definitely going to hurt your experiences. <sighs> Ooh, sex is dirty. Um, that's definitely another one that I've had some conversations, especially when I started to learn more about the way that the female body works. Um, I would say one of the biggest ones was squirting, that squirting is not urine. I think it started to change the way that I saw sex. I definitely realized that even though I might not have said it this way before, I kind of felt that sex was dirty or is a little bit gross or this parts of us that were touching were um, private or dirty parts and um, it was causing more problems than good, right? So the idea that I started to learn like, no, our body is meant to do this, is built to do this, it is great, all of these parts are really good and if something's not working well, it's because something's not working well. I'll give you an example. If when you taste cum, it tastes gross. That has to do with the um, quality of the cum. It has to do with the person that's coming. It has to do with their diet, um, their hydration or lack thereof. Like that is not because sex is dirty and all cum tastes bad. That is because that particular person, um, their cum tastes bad. So feeling like, oh, sex is dirty, this is just part of it, is definitely something that you can walk away with because we still don't talk about it. It still seems so taboo to even discuss the fact that cum is supposed to taste, how it's supposed to taste, or how it can taste, or the fact that you might not want to taste it, and that's completely fine. But because we don't have any of these conversations, we just accept um, less than enjoyable experiences. Mm. This last belief that I wrote down was sex is for the other person or for yourself only. Um, this idea that making men satisfied was the point of sex and vice versa. Because I've talked to many men who believe that their job in sex is to make women come. And when they are not making women come or orgasm or climax, however they speak about it, they are not really men. They are not doing their jobs. You know what I'm going to say. Sex is about pleasure. <laughs> like, it is not about climax. It is not your job to just make the other person come. And I know that a lot of songs have sang that, and I'm sure a lot of television has taught you that, but it is your job to be present, and it is your job to be open and communicate and <laughs> in the moment um, and to focus on yours and the other person's pleasure and just have open communication towards that. You, I think the pressure on men to make women come actually makes the sex way worse and vice versa. The idea that my happiness comes from making a man enjoy sex has definitely made for less enjoyable sex, especially when I'm with people who love to hear me enjoy myself. There was no way that was possible when the sex that I was having was not great because I didn't have any 
honest sounds. I mean, I could put on a show, but I didn't have any honest sounds that you could actually feel and like feel and see on my face. Like I didn't have that because I wasn't experiencing that. And so even though I was trying to do things to make the other person happy, they were getting less than my best because I wasn't enjoying it as much. And so this last belief, like thinking that it is for me or thinking it is for the other person only, I mean, unless you're doing that purposefully, like you're like, hey, I'm dominating today and I want to make you feel good. That's something different. Occasionally, great. But if every single time that you are having intimate moments with another person, you are focused on either yourself only or you are focused on that other person only, that belief is going to cause for some less than desired experiences. What are your beliefs around sex? What what is it that you were taught about sex? Just write a list of them and you will start to see if they're negative or positive or how they may be affecting you. (sighs) Bad sex is a symptom for a deeper, deeper understanding of your belief system around sex. to thank you so much for listening um if you are listening on anchor feel free to hit the message button and send me a message let me know anything everything if you have a question um if you are listening on anywhere else thank you thank you thank you thank you definitely take time to share share this podcast with anybody that you would love to have better sex or an enemy that you feel like need some better sex and we'll be more of a friend for you. Um, also go to our Instagram page, which is good Christian girl podcast. Um, and join us, join us. I post, uh, four times a week. So definitely come on over, join us over there. And, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad for the opportunity to share and the really great feedback that I've been getting about our podcast so far and I plan to continue it. So definitely if you have questions, if you have statements, if you are wondering about something, let me know. I am definitely here.